Hello, it's Friday the 19th of May. I'm Gary Bowerman. On today's show, I'll be discussing all things travel and tourism in Bali with my special guests, Melina Caruso and Simona Kimenti of the Bali Hotels Association. So let's get started. The Southeast Asia Travel Show is back. Hello, wherever you are in the world, and thanks for listening in. So the Southeast Asia Travel Show is back after our pre-summer break. Thank you to everybody who sent us messages asking about the status of the show. Hannah and I have been traveling and working in various locations since early April. It's been a bit tricky to align schedules, so we decided to take a short sabbatical, but now we're back. And where better to begin than Bali? So today, I'm delighted to welcome back, after almost a year, Simona Kimenti, who is the Marketing and Media Relations Director for the Bali Hotels Association and the General Manager of the Pavilions Bali in Sanur, and Melina Caruso, who is the Technology and Marketing Consultant for the Bali Hotels Association. Simona and Melina, how are you doing? It's been a long time. We're doing very well. Thank you, Gary. And good to hear that you're also doing well and kept busy traveling. It's good to see see Bali busy and it's good to see our hotels uh, doing well and a few more smiles on our general manager's faces. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, I look back at when we last spoke, guys, and it was the 23rd of June, 2022, so 11 months ago. So much has happened since then, so, so much. So let's let's take a rewind and tell us a little bit about what's been happening in, in the first half of this year for, for you and, and, and your members. How has it been? How's the recovery going? Well, I mean, I think we had a very positive uh, outlook when we last spoke in June last year. Uh, and I must say a lot of what we have discussed actually has materialized. So I think the recovery has obviously started slowly, but has been just as strong, if not stronger than what we expected. So things have been really positive throughout. You know, once the restrictions were eased and flights resumed, things picked up at a very pass, uh, fast rate. The countries that were added to the VOA or the visa on arrival also um, helped. And then by the time we came to the end of 22, arrivals were about um, only down around 30% from pre-COVID. So all in all... Um, you know, 20, we finished 2022 on a pretty good high. 30% down, you said there, from 2019. So what, what were the top inbound markets? Ch Chinese weren't traveling at that time. It's uh, The end of 2022 was still a different era in many ways. So what were your top inbound markets last year? In 2022, they were um, Australia, uh, America, UK. Chinese were down low, but, th but there were some. Malaysia, Singapore, South Korea, Indians and Russians. So I think we had some Taiwanese mixed in there as well. But they were the top markets into Bali in, in 2022. And what, what about the, the hotel metrics, you know, the important ones, that like occupancies, ADR, RevPAR, how, how did they end the year? Well, actually, occupancy for 22 was really great. So the year closure was around 51%. And I mean, given that the first quarter... Bali was still close to arrivals. Uh, that, that's quite a, a, an exciting result. Um, and ADR was actually healthier than it was in 2019. So when we compare pre-pandemic, ADR was around 115 US dollars. 
and we close the year at 121. So that's definitely a very good result. So overall, also with the aid, obviously, of international events um, like the G20, was a really great end to 2022. That's interesting. And I remember when we did talk middle of last year, I mean, there was still a great uncertainty about booking patterns and, and you know where people would be traveling, how long they would be traveling for. I mean, across the year 2022, it was a recovery year for Bali. Did you notice anything different, anything that surprised you in terms of traveler behavior, guest behavior? Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, we in 2022, we saw an increase in the length of stay. And also uh, people were, I mean, they were so eager to get back um, that they were, they were just able to cope with the... Um, the regulation expectations and what really helped was um, BHA had welcome back to Bali where we made sure that all the latest regulations that were you know changing evolving um, were readily accessible so you know the rebound I think for Bali happened um, at a fast pace just simply also because people just couldn't wait to get back. Yeah, there was a there was an awful big amount, obviously, of pent up demand, and and like Melina said, people were willing to put up with all the screenings and special regulations and uh, advanced registrations they had to do. But I mean, the core of travelers that we see coming into our properties hasn't changed. People are still excited about, you know making memories again with loved ones and obviously a focus on the experience and on discovering again and people have been locked in for such a long time that i feel there has been an enhanced focus on being outdoor and you know rediscovering nature a certain element of adventure as well so overall uh, it's certainly been a very a very positive note for traveling and for that whole making memories that's interesting. So I guess from, from when we spoke in in June last year through to the end of the year, I mean, I remember we were talking about airlift, we were talking about certain things that were still a bit uncertain. But would you say that given the, 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 the difficulties at the beginning of the year, that overall 2022 was a, was a positive year? I think it was a very positive year. I mean, uh, like we said, I mentioned G20 before was obviously uh, October, November. So that, that was a definite um push towards the end of the year. December 22 was a very positive month. So actually, hotels closed with a higher occupancy than they had in 2019. So there was a feeling that really Bali was coming back. Um, ADR was high as well. So we really closed the end on a very positive note and, and with a very positive outlook also for the for the current year. Right. So let's talk about that. So as, as you turned into 2023, off the back of a good recovery year, you know, what were expectations and what were some of the challenges? I mean, I remember last year when we were talking, one of the challenges was about resources, about staffing. You know, what was the perception at the beginning of this year about the opportunities and the challenges for 2023? Well, I think the expectations were there for more flights to come in, which would help, obviously, spread the love with, you know, with all the accommodation providers. The challenges, I think, are, you know, be great to have less sensational news headlines. And I think as a group, we realise that there are some challenges that we have no control over. Um, but we certainly can be pushing with the other stakeholders when we meet to, to discuss 
the challenges and 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 make a positive progress forward that that challenges um, some of those less sensational you know the, the the sensational headlines so that there is something that um, out there that's not going to confuse the people coming to Bali. Well, I mean, you mentioned airlift, Gary. Airlift is always an, is, is a point of discussion, I think, from the day we opened, right? It's always, uh, there's, there's never enough airlift. Uh, and obviously, prices have been quite high. Uh, as we stand of today, I think Bali Airport is about 80% of capacity. And we have 36 airlines at the moment coming into, coming into the island, uh, covering 16 countries and 29 cities. Um, there is obviously some new airlines and some new destinations that have come on board, not just uh, intercontinental, but also within Southeast Asia with better connections to Vietnam. Uh, there is obviously in June also Emirates um, launching the A380 to Bali. So there is some interesting developments happening and also more and more Chinese direct flights coming in. So it's, it's a pretty positive outlook, I would say, from an airlift point of view as well. And one of the, one of the key markets that is coming in, um, despite the, the issues they have with getting here in a more timely manner, is the Indian market. And there is a big push at the moment to try to put some pressure on trying to get some more direct um, flights into Bali. Simona, you referenced the A380 flight, which, you know, I think that, that, was a, that was big news around the region when that was announced. When does that actually start? I think it's the first week of June. Starting first week of June, yeah, coming, so coming very soon. Mm. Uh, and yeah, obviously that's exciting news. The airport has also been gearing up uh, in increasing their capacity uh, to welcome more passengers at once. So it seems like Bali Airport authorities are also ready to welcome uh, the large influx of passengers. Is that the first time that Bali has received a regular A380 flight? I believe so. I think so. Not yeah. not to my knowledge uh, that there was any other airline covering it prior to the pandemic. I mean, 2023 seems to be disappearing in front of our eyes. We're almost halfway through or not far away from being halfway through. What would you say have been some of the highlights of the first half of the year? What, what, what sort of stood out for you? I think the the biggest thing is that whenever there was anything um, perhaps negative in the press about the airport arrivals and how long it was taking that the airport was actually willing to look at it and do things to improve that situation which was great um, I think there was a little bit more of the different stakeholders coming together to, to work to improve um, any of the, the negative issues that were in play. I think for BHA, this, this first half of the year, we're focused, we're, we're able to get back and focus on some of the programs that we that the association runs. And one of them is um, the Sustainability Food Festival, which is in the middle of being planned and it will be between June 30 and July 15th and that is all around sustainability um, and focus on um, the best of Bali and, and the local produce and supporting the local community as well as a pledge that the members have made with One Island One Voice um, which is to continue to work on um, reducing the amount of plastic we use, but also on uh, waste reduction in our hotels. 
Well, from an operator point of view, it, it's been quite an exciting uh, start of the year. I mean, we talked about pent-up demand, and obviously, uh, I think every hotelier in Bali was thinking that pent-up demand would sooner or later um, sort of like disappear and then things would normalize again. But interestingly, it's been a very strong uh, quarter one, not to forget that this is also Bali's traditional low season. Once the Christmas holidays are over, generally it is very quiet. And I think looking at the figures and, and also speaking with colleagues, it's been one of the most remarkable uh, quarter ones uh, in a long time. Uh, very healthy ADR, good occupancy throughout. So it really speaks for not just a, a passing trend of people catching up on their travel plans, but a, a long-term demand that, you know, despite the challenges that you know, rising inflation or looming recession, people have been eager to travel um, and it doesn't look like travel is going away anytime soon. Yeah, that's good to hear. So what about the domestic market? I mean, all around the region for, you know, two years, more than two years, actually, we were talking very much about domestic markets. That's what was keeping uh, tourism and visitor economies alive. No, the, the domestic market in Indonesia is huge. It's very, very important for Bali. Have you noticed any any changes? Has it become even more important? What are your sort of um, uh, reflections on how the domestic market is, is impacting Bali at the moment? I think it remains equally important as it has been right through, you know, the, the time international travellers couldn't actually get to Bali. I think that, you know, um, it is equally important and there just seems to be domestic tourists around you know every single day every week every month um so that's that's amazing yeah i think it's become more part of the landscape and and what happened also is that during pandemic when obviously we were solely relying on domestic market bali has also pivoted a bit and started to create um, attractions and destinations that specifically target domestic travelers. Uh, and this obviously makes sure that this is a, a long-term, right, a sustainable trend. It also seems that to some extent, um, domestic travelers from, from um, Java and other islands have kind of rediscovered a bit Bali and there are and the many facets of Bali. So it's not just maybe um, the weekend beach or party destination, but there is so many more facets. And that's obviously something positive because it's a, like you said, it's a very large market base that travels pretty much year round and that obviously can also travel during the traditional uh, low season periods and can also travel short term for weekend getaways. Simona, you referenced a few minutes ago about the the, the sort of down season, the, the, the quieter season. So I, I'm quite interested about seasonality and if you're noticing anything different there. I mean, if we... If we go back to 2022, it was a it was a very compressed year because really travel and tourism behavior um, and activity across the region didn't really get going for the first quarter of the year. So it meant that you know everybody was trying to travel, particularly in the second half of the year. And we saw this sort of jumbling up really of seasonality. We saw a lot of people traveling at times that they may not ordinarily travel um, during 2022. Is 2023 seeing a bit more of a normalization? I mean, to some extent, I would say um, not not so much. It's been a very steady and it's been a very consistent demand. Um, so months that traditionally tend to be quieter, which could be February or March outside of certain holiday periods, have seen very strong demand. And 
just up, apart from obviously my, I, I speak well, of, obviously from my property, but if we look at the destinations also, and if we look uh, how busy the airport, uh, the traffic on the roads are, it seems like there has been a really steady demand that has gone all the way into the low and the shoulder season. So no, definitely we're, we're rolling into what is our high season in July with, with a very healthy quarter one and quarter two. I also think just going on that, you know, we talk about the traditional seasons. I think that that shift, um, Gary, has happened because there is also a shift on traditional segmentation of our markets as well. So we have different types of travellers who are looking for different types of, um, you know, or their, their motivation for um, taking a trip is very different based on what is happening in their life. So I think we need to, the two go hand in hand. It's very interesting to see what's happening. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, is that impacting the way that, that you guys actually, you know, your general managers are, are planning for the rest of the year, the fact that, you know, it, it may not be as as clear cut in terms of seasonality as it used to be. Does that, you know, that must impact the way that you, you plan resources, you plan promotions, that kind of thing? I think there is. I can see, I mean, I know um, Simona and I, I mean, her, I can't speak for her property, but because she's a more boutique style property, but I can, from from some of the um, uh, promotions I've seen, is that they the the those um, sort of high season, low season rates promotions tend not to be there. It seems to be kind of you know this is the best rate for for the, for this time based on the demand that the hotel is facing i think we have uh, we have we're for sure like the way the same way that technology had a bit of a push right during pandemic i think hotels are also realizing that the pricing strategy is a lot more dynamic in nature so it's a lot more like melina said adjusted to what is the current demand and and who wants to travel there's also different travelers traveling at different times of the years where right? we just spoke about domestic travel so obviously there can be a a very good coexistence of domestic and international travel and also booking patterns have certainly changed quite a bit um, booking windows have certainly shortened uh, people are a lot more likely to take a sort of a let's say last minute holiday even during periods that traditionally used to be considered um, planned long time in advance like the summer season in bali so there is obviously a shift in the way also people perceive travel and book their travel. So this is all um, contributing to a, a bit more of a flex, so let's say a bit more of a, a fluctuating um, uh, situation where you don't have these very clear cut uh, seasons and you don't have these very clear booking patterns anymore, but people tend to reserve themselves a certain amount of flexibility even in the travels they take. That's an interesting point. I mean, it's it's a hot topic across the region, booking windows and booking behaviours. I mean, is there a feeling amongst your general managers that this is sort of transient, that maybe they will crystallise again and you'll get more deliberate booking patterns? Or do you just think that, you know, these shorter booking windows is a new reality? I think it's a new reality. Do you know? Yeah, that is. It's a new yeah. reality. And it's, I mean, I, from from the technology point of view, you know, you you have access to to trends that come from. There was a really interesting report put out put out. I don't know if you've heard about it, but the um, uh, uh, Travel Tribe twenty 
2033 from Amadeus really talks about depending on where what tribe you're from are you a memory maker are you an excited experimentalist are you travel tech influencer or a pioneer pioneering pathfinder so you know there's I think for the hotels their strategy will be based on the type of market that they attract and and they plan around that I don't think those traditional you know seasonal uh, opportunities are there anymore yeah I mean if you would have asked me six months ago I would have probably said well I think it's transitionary this is all the pent-up demand but it doesn't look like it's going away and like you said patterns have changed and behaviors have changed uh, and booking sources have changed I mean depending obviously this is very property specific and I work um, in a boutique property we're very focused on experiences and on on a tailor-made custom-made experience and obviously that's something that people seem to continue to value very much and want to spend their money on and and so it's definitely people seem to cherish and ha if possible have put travel even in a higher position in their what do we want to invest to in our life right so it, that, that's i would say is a trend that looks like it's there to stay i mean if a global pandemic hasn't been able to deter people from traveling i think nothing will yeah, Melina, you referenced earlier some of the controversies that, that have made the media. And as travellers come back across the region, we've noticed that the media is, is tending to look a little bit deeper for some of the stories of over-tourism or bad behaviour. You know, this is, this is around the world. We've seen stories about Bali in the US and Europe and Australia, as well as here in the region. I think I read in the Amalfi Coast of, um, you're not, you you. you get fined $400 if you stand and take a photo on their most picturesque outlook. So it, it seems to be right across the world. It's not just Bali. I guess one of the reasons that Bali has um, become a little bit of a focus for this is the fact that the governor does speak out quite frequently in the media about some of these issues. I mean, what is it like on the ground? What, what, how does that impact how, how your general managers are actually thinking? Because it, it must impact not just the media attention, but does it actually impact what customers and, and clients are saying in hotels when they're around? Yeah, Simona and I were having a chat about that earlier and, and we can't control when you have high-profile people using the media to, you know, whatever for popularity or because they're ticked off about, you know, having to deal with, you know, someone riding a motorbike with no shirt on or, uh, you know, taking their clothes off in front of a you know a, a tree that is culturally important um, or religiously important so all of a sudden there, there are a lot more reactive comments being made in the media and then I think the people that know Bali and we and we do have a you know an enormous amount of returning guests they know that it's talk they know that it's sensational news and they are they know to wait until it's you know written in stone and becomes a regulation i mean the amount of media that was talking about a book that was going to be put out on how to behave well it's not a book it's six points on some common sense rules about you know how to behave when you when you're in bali First-time visitors may be affected by some of the news and all we do is we keep saying just because you saw it on Instagram or Facebook um, that it's, it's not real. When the governor speaks or another high-profile person speaks, 
Um, sometimes it's reactive and then all of a sudden it dies down. When we have our meetings every month, we just make sure we have these discussions and listen to any concerns, but we really don't have a lot of control over that. But I mean, as usual, it's a few misbehaving that receive a lot of bandwidth and attention, and it doesn't necessarily reflect the majority of travelers that stay in our properties. Um, but yeah, that's what captures the attention of the news. And obviously then it's broadcasted and shared on social media and it creates a lot of attention. And I mean, I think the majority of travelers, whether they are first timers or whether they are repeaters, um, they know how to enjoy the destination without offending anybody and respecting the local culture and actually come here specifically to appreciate the local culture and traditions. Those misbehaving tourists have always been here. What we haven't had is the high profile social media and, and the fact that everyone has a mobile phone and can record anything at any moment. I mean, I remember back in the early 90s, I mean, you would go out and about and there, there were the people misbehaving back then. I mean, there were people misbehaving even in the 70s, but it's just the different landscape is that you don't have, you didn't have the um, social media to report instantly someone's misbehaviour and then um, it goes viral because people get on the bandwagon about it. So all of a sudden, you know, all tourists, you know, are lumped into the one basket and that's not the case obviously. But it seems to be that, you know, they are taking some action. So there's there's no strike three rule anymore. It seems to be you misbehave, bye, you're gone. Unfortunately, um, a tourist is a tourist. And so when they're on social media, um, it just doesn't look good for the destination. So turning to, to more op op optimistic themes, we're halfway through the year now, it's probably been a pretty good year, as you've said so far, off the back of a good year in 2022. What's the outlook for the rest of 2023? What are, the what are the opportunities, do you think? I mean, it's certainly a positive outlook at the moment. Like we said earlier, a lot of booking behaviors have changed. We're still learning. It, it's quite hard for operators right now to compare and reference 2019 because of how patterns have changed, because how also travel nationalities partially um, are a bit different than they used to be the breakdown of business. So it's a very much also a watch and learn. I'd say the outlook is positive. Obviously, uh, the focus is on, you know, attracting tourism that is value the experience and values a destination, like we just said. Um, and obviously, there are challenges related to the flights and availability of flights and pricing of flights. So it's always like, that's always that uh, that balance between flight availability and bad availability, that's always a, a tricky one to get right. There's obviously also challenges, like we just mentioned, publicity that isn't always necessary positive in that side. Uh, but overall, I would say it's a very, it's a very positive outlook. Um, I think we are probably likely to be a lot quicker in, in the overall recovery post-pandemic. I think nobody, and this is not just in Bali or in Southeast Asia, but I think worldwide, we didn't expect that tourism recovery to be so quick. You know, our outlooks were all set more on two years plus, but I, I think we can be, I've always been very cautious in the last year or so since reopening, but I would say that at the moment, we can positively say that there is a good outlook 
and and there is definitely space to for all kind of tourism products to attract the the kind of tourism uh, that will want to continue traveling beyond uh, the post-pandemic uh, travel craze. Do you think that you will achieve parity with 2019 and 2023? Well, I can't speak for every single, but I, for every single hotel, it's hard to say. But overall, looking at the results that we have yielded as a hotel association in 222, I would definitely say yes. Melina, I interrupted you. Bar another another pandemic, <laughs> I would think that there would be not there would be very little to derail the outlook. I think for the next twelve months, unless you know the the one as I said before, factors which we have no control over come into play. I mean, you know, the recession or inflation or anything, you know, political instability. None of that we have any control over. And just before we finish, you referenced earlier the Chinese market. You said that Chinese travellers are starting to come back. Is is there a feeling that that will increase in the second half of the year? I don't think that there's that outlook right now that the Chinese will come back in any bigger numbers than what we're seeing at the moment. It seems to be a consistent number. I don't think there's any pattern at the moment to see any more growth or, or back to those you know, huge numbers. But, you know, having said that, the the Indians are hot on the heels of the Chinese <laughs> in terms of big markets and travelling. Yeah, there's been obviously a shift a bit in, in where the Chinese travellers have left space. There's been other nationalities that have taken up those slots. Russia is currently coming in at number two behind Australia as well. So there's also new patterns developing and I think it's a bit left open to see how much of that market share that China used to have, how much of that they can win back. And a lot of that depends on airlift uh, and obviously on their internal regulations as well, but on the availability of, of direct airlift that makes it, uh, well, more convenient, but also um, more interesting from a pricing point of view for them to travel to Bali. Fascinating. Thank you both for your insights. It's great to catch up again after almost a year. Let's not leave it so long next time. Hopefully we can catch up later in the year. Lena and Simona, thanks very much for joining me today. Thanks, Gary, for giving Bali uh, the top billing for your first show back. Very much appreciated by all. We're always excited and we look forward to talking to you again soon, only with good news. That brings to a close this special Bali edition of the show. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And don't forget to send us your thoughts and your comments on anything I discussed with Melina and Simona or anything that we missed out. Drop us a message on our LinkedIn page at the Southeast Asia Travel Show. And of course, you can catch up with the Southeast Asia Travel Show's full back catalogue on our website, the seasiatravelshow.com. So that's a wrap for today. But Hannah will be back next week. And together we'll round up the latest travel and tourism talking points from across Southeast Asia. See you next time.